0: hey welcome once again everyone to rediscovering your passion and purpose with patty and as you know i am your host patty Stulen, and i am the chief pathfinder of pathways with patty Well, as I have said many times on social media and even here in our earlier podcast, we are in season number two and I cannot believe that we're in the month of November already. And on top of that, More than we were in season number one, we are global, we are international, and we are international once again with today's guest. That we have Uh, our guest today is Kirsten McNeil. She is a Canadian confidence coach and book editor for self published writers. She loves empowering writers with sunflower sunshine to build a life filled with unrelenting passion and confidence to share their stories. Kirsten wow you are a ray of sunshine sunshine i just have to put that out there because when you and i spoke what was that a week ago or so you exude sunshine and so i'm excited to have you here welcome to the show
1: yeah thank you so much thank you for that intro and i'll say that you exude the same amount of sunshine
0: oh well thank you um well h- how are you doing on this sunshiny day that i know that we're having here in southern california
1: yeah, things are going well. You know, I've been able to uh, connect with a lot of a lot of people today, and worked on a couple editing projects. So it's good that I can uh, be my creative self and keep going.
0: Excellent. Well, that sounds awesome. So I'd say, you know, let's get into how you discovered your passion and purpose, and please share with our audience your your story of either uh, the passion and purpose you have or rediscovering it. So please share your story with everyone.
1: Yeah, thank you. So I feel like I've always known creativity is really my passion. Like that's you know it's a very broad word. You can define it in so many different ways, and that's just a a huge part of my identity and and what I love to do. So most of my journey involves writing. You know, I've always wanted to be a writer, published author. So that's you know ever since I was a little kid when I was writing stories about cats and dogs and pirates and random things like that and mm-hmm. you know it, it's funny I didn't even realize that I wanted to be a writer till like grade six even though I was like always writing always loved writing and then I just you know one day just kind of like hey that that can be a career that could be something that that I can do so that's mm-hmm. really what what started it all just like I just love writing and you know things just have evolved into book editing and coaching and, and so many different creative things and it's like a, a blessing and a curse being creative because there's always so many ideas and there's no never enough time in the day to get it all done. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly.
0: You know, it's interesting that you should bring that up because um I never thought of, of myself as a writer uh, until I uh, one of my uh, former students, she was going off to college and she really wanted me to friend her on Facebook. And at that time I wasn't on social media and I, I just thought, Nah, I don't really want to, oh, please, please, please. So I got on social media and I would just put out little quotes and stuff. And then I started writing about my adventures and my journeys and stuff like that. And I found such complete joy in doing that and over the the years, especially since I've been retired, uh, I've I've expanded on, you know, when I go on one of my trips, uh, or one of my adventures, as I like to call them, in complete detail, because I have so many family and friends that physically, or for whatever reason, are not able to go on these journeys any longer. I give in complete detail, I write about it. And it's very, th- what do they call that? Th- the thartic? I'm going to say that wrong, but it's like therapy. And I feel so good about sharing that. And that has led to uh, writing a couple of magazine articles every week. I, for the people that are on my email list, I send out a newsletter to them and I've been asked to be in a couple of books as a contributing author. And it's, I get such joy out of it. I actually look forward to it. And it's almost like you you make, you make the, even though I'm tired, I make the time to write because it's, it's very fulfilling.
1: Mm, Yeah. And that's one thing that I love about writing is that there's so many different ways you can do it. So many different reasons for for doing it. Like you could be just like journaling every morning and just kind of like talking to yourself, talking about your day and, and, you know, kind of filling yourself up with, with that joy and everything, or you could publish short stories, novellas, Full length novels, or you could be a copywriter, or you know, write about all your adventures and be a blogger. And there's there's so many different ways to go about it. And Mm -hmm. you know, there's always a a little PC that goes into it, whether it's fiction or not. Like there's always, you know, it's like you said that joy and and that passion comes through. Where it's like if you're if you're not enjoying this kind of activity, then you know why are you doing it kind of thing, right? It's like it's Mm -hmm. the one thing that you know you really have to have that spark for it, and you know the idea is kind of flowing and there's always something you can do with it. Mm -hmm. So, so,
0: so through your writing, do you find yourself uh, helping others?
1: That's definitely been my goal as of, you know, the last few years. Um, It's funny. I, I grew up reading a lot of like thriller and mystery, like James Patterson and stuff like that. So I always kind of thought like, oh yeah, I'll be like a thriller writer, mystery writer. But then when I go into actually writing those types of stories it's just like I cannot wrap my brain around it and it's just like my characters aren't likable and it's just like a mess trying to keep track of everything and then I found the author Mitch Albom and I read Mm -hmm. um, The Magic Strings of Frankie Presto and that was just like these are the kind of stories I want to write like it like reading his work feels like I'm reading about an actual person even though it's a fictional thing and it's just it was so incredible to have that experience and I'm like these are the kind of stories i want to write i want to write about you know people contemporary fiction inspirational fiction something that like makes you think and it just like lingers afterwards and you just mm-hmm. have that like oh my god and it just like sticks with you for days after
0: well and mitch's stories definitely do that i think i've read everything and it all started with mondays with maury and uh, i and just from from that like you just said uh, even though that is a true story based on his relationship. Uh, not everything. No matter what he writes, you you believe that you're right there, and that you actually know these these characters or these people once you are done with the story. And it does it lingers with you for days and even weeks, uh, and that tells you that the the true gift that he has for writing.
1: Yeah, and I, I've I've had this thought lately where you know there's only. Three main categories that like you know your purpose for writing kind of falls under like you're either inspiring people you're educating people you're entertaining people and you know those reasons kind of intertwine with each other but i find that you know there's always that i don't know the right word that i'm looking for but there's there's always that you know something there that really sparks in you that you know this is why you're doing it this is your purpose and that's you know with my my coaching and and editing that's really something that i want to help writers show through their their writing as well of just like this is why i'm doing it this is what i want the readers to get out of it you know and Mm -hmm. a lot of it should come from you know yourself and what you want as a reader as well right there's always that you know you have to be top of mind you have to be like the first reader in mind when you're creating something right so that's that's a lot of what i what i want to help writers discover in themselves
0: Last night, I happened to be watching uh, a movie. It was a romantic comedy, but this uh, young woman, she was an assistant to uh, a magazine, a sports magazine editor, and her goal was to become a contributor, a contributing author uh, in the sports magazine. But she was so busy uh, being the assistant for this editor that... Uh, she kept telling herself, I don't have time to write my own stories. I don't have time to write my own stories. And it ended up at one point in the movie where the editor fired her And so she was all depressed and she was trying to, she go, oh, now I've got all this time. I can start writing articles, you know, and, and start turning those, these in and get them published. And yet she had this major block and that nothing was, was coming true. And so her roommate happens to come in this one night and, and she saw that her friend was having this pity party and she had truly pitched a tent for days. And, and, and uh, so her, her roommate comes in and just basically starts hitting her with his pillow and telling her, you know what? your story does not have to be perfect right out of the gate. You just need to start writing. And if it's, and I'm just quoting the what she said, and if it's crap, it's crap and own it, but at least you'll get something down on paper and it'll start the writing process for you. In a nutshell, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what she told her. And you could tell that this young woman, you know, had this aha moment. It's like, okay, yeah. And so she goes to this restaurant that she enjoys and she just decides, okay, if it's crap, it's crap, but at least I'm going to get something on paper and all of a sudden these words just start flowing from her because she stopped thinking about it being perfect right out of the you know right out of the pen so to speak and she just started writing and it, 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 before she knew it she had written the article that she had always knew was inside of her and i thought what what a valuable lesson in life in general not just about writing but i know myself so many times i'm thinking Oh, I really want to do this, but you know, I, I, I don't, I don't have all, I don't know how to do it or how to get started. Blah, blah, blah. Sometimes you just have to do it. And if you fall down, you fall down and you get up, you learn the lesson and you move forward. Or if it's writing, just start the process, you know? So I know just a little bit what we've talked about uh, for you in your journey, it seems like the same thing. You just finally had to realize I just need to start writing what I know and what I like, because if I like it and I know it, I'm going to find my audience out there.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's that fear of making mistakes that comes through a lot, too, because it's just like there's that external validation that comes like, oh, God, what if the readers don't like it? What if, you know, we've all had that experience where we make a mistake, we get ridiculed or, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that bad self-doubt starts creeping in. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, you know, we we like we strive for that perfection, even though perfect isn't a thing. It's super subjective of what's perfect, what's good. And it's just like we we avoid making these mistakes because we don't want that aftermath of people aren't gonna like it, people are gonna criticize me, people are gonna like say I'm bad at this, and and all these, like you said, that self-doubt, just all those thoughts just start rolling through. But the first draft of anything that you create is it just has to exist. Like, I don't know the exact quote, or or I don't remember who said the exact quote, but like the first draft just has to exist. It just has to be there. And and that's your baseline for, you know, improving it and growing from that. Because with creativity, like, you're meant to make mistakes, you're meant to find the imperfections and just explore things, explore who you are and what you want to share with, with people, right? So that's why I say a lot, like, it always has to come from, you know, yourself is the first reader that you want to focus on, because if you're not enjoying it, if you're not, you know, if you're writing just for like market trends or, you know, writing just because, you know, somebody said you should do this or do that. It's just like when you have that external validation that you want to kind of messes with your true creativity and and you really want to focus on, this is what I want to do. This is what I enjoy, you know, this is my purpose on this world. And, mm-hmm. you know, we only have so much time to, to do what we want to do. So it's just really finding, you know, being okay with making mistakes and exploring that and just, you know, then we can find what we really want to do.
0: What's that saying? How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I think whatever it is we're facing, whether it is writing a book or an or article or whatever it is we, we want to do, we're we're looking at such a big picture ahead of us that the doubt and the the insecurities creep in and they take over. And you know what? We just need to take that, that first step, that first bite. And, and it seems like once you do that, uh then then not everything comes easy. But at least once you've taken that that first step forward or written that first line, things do start to to unblock and and the creativity
1: begins. Mm -hmm. And I find that one thing that I hear from a lot of writers is that, oh, there's not enough time. And that's something you mentioned before when you were talking about that, that show you were watching. Like I just mentioned and how we only have a certain amount of time, but it's just like time is never really the problem it's Mm -hmm. there's there's usually a a secondary thing that comes up it's just like you know your energy levels or there's there's other things you want to prioritize or you know there's always something like time time is not a thing it's you know to get Mm -hmm. all metaphysical here you know time is a construct that we we created right so it's just it really just depends on you know what do you want to focus on you know it you can spend five minutes a day or five minutes every few days writing and you'll make progress. It's just like you said, like one bite at a time and and just, you know, it's, it's a long game. I see this a lot, you know, it's, it's one of the, you know, longest creative acts that, you know, from start to finish, it takes, takes a while as opposed to, you know, maybe like a, a painting takes, you know, a couple weeks or, you know, mm-hmm. makeup or, you writing a song something like that those are generally it doesn't take as much time as you know writing a book if you want to do it well and you really want to go through the full process of editing and beta readers and all that stuff right it's you know it, it takes takes some time and you know it's it's really just about enjoying the the journey as opposed to like i gotta get to that point and then i'll be successful
0: Right, right, exactly. So through your course of finding your passion and purpose, did you find some challenges and roadblocks and obstacles along your way? And if so, what were they and and how did you overcome
1: them? Yeah, you know, one thing that comes to mind is is my impatience, where I just talked about, you know, enjoy the journey, not focusing on the destination, but I've still done that myself, where it's just like I want to be at that point, and it I don't want to go through the thousand steps it takes to be there, but it's just about, you know, shifting that perspective and, you know, finding the joy in what you're doing right now. And, you know, I just uh published a post today about, um you know, comparing yourself to other writers, like, how does that make you feel? And, you know, that comparison kind of comes in where we f- forget, you know, about our own accomplishments because we're looking at, you know, all these other people and all the things that they're doing that we want to do that we mm-hmm. forget kind of to look at the past and kind of see like, look how far you've come. You know, if you read something that you wrote in second grade, it's going to be significantly different from what you're writing now, right? So it's just kind of celebrating yourself and finding, finding that joy again.
0: Well, you know, and that's interesting that you bring that up because one of my other podcast guests, she had mentioned that she started journaling when she was in the sixth grade because her teacher, it was an assignment that her sixth grade teacher had given her. And so she pretty much has been journaling the majority of her life and she has saved all of these journals that she's either created or she's bought or that sort of thing. And she said, what one of the things that she has found is that she could, she would go back to a specific journal and start reading uh, what she she had written. And people do this with diaries as well. But one of the things that she found very therapeutic for her was the fact that when she starts doubting herself now and doesn't feel good about herself of where she's at or you know, she had these dreams and aspirations and stuff and maybe she hasn't obtained those, When she goes back to those journals of when she was a teenager or when she was in her 20s or 30s or even in her 40s, and she sees where she was then and sees where she is now, she says it does give her confidence because she can see how much she has progressed And I think sometimes when in our daily lives, we get so bogged down with the daily life and we're so critical of ourselves and because the world can be so critical in general, that, that we don't think that we, we have progressed. So that's where I see a true benefit it, for those people that have journaled or have written diaries, because you can go back and look, oh, wow, here, I thought this was a big problem. That was nothing. And you, you made it through that and look, you've made it through this and so on and so forth. It, it can really uh, be validation the things that you have overcome and the things that you've done and, and, and build your confidence back up again.
1: Yeah. And with, with progress and, you know, personal development and all that kind of growth, like I find that that's just something that is continuous. Like you're always getting to know yourself and, and, and growing, you know, it might like slow down a little bit as you, you know, really find your passions and everything, but there's always like little tweaks here and there as, as you grow older. And I, I find in in North American culture especially there's like you know you graduate high school you're meant to choose which school you want to go to and what job you're going to have for the rest of your life and there's there's no room for like let's explore what you like doing let's focus on you know that like in my high school there wasn't a ton of like um electives and stuff that you could choose so you could mm-hmm. kind of really explore different subjects so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult to like find um, who you are, especially as a, as a teenager, like that's, it's even in your early twenties, like it's hard to really, you know, get to know who you are if you don't have that opportunity. I know a lot of places do like the gap year where you like take a year off and just kind of explore and travel and stuff like that. just like, I I feel like there needs to be more, more, more places that really promote that and like, see that as like a necessary part of the process. Right.
0: Well, and, and as a retired educator, one of the things that, um, In California, I can't speak for anywhere else, but it seems like over the last 20 years, everything is so directed about testing and accountability and uh, getting you to go on to higher education. And not everybody is meant to go on that path. Uh, And so it's like... why isn't there more uh, just teaching people how to be the best, whatever it is that they're choosing to be uh, because higher education financially sometimes is not meant for everyone, let alone from, uh, from a, uh, a knowledge base. And so I think that we, we short change our future uh, citizens by not giving them that foundation in school anyways that no matter what area they want to go into that they just become the very best that they can be in that area and what goes along with that and helping them as you just said look at what are their what is what is your what's your superpower what is your passion and purpose what is it that you love to do let's explore that so many times we're so busy telling our young people what they should be doing that we're never giving them the opportunity to really think and express what is it that they would love to be doing. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting concept uh, that, you know, I don't know if it'll make any difference, but I, I see that, you know, changes, of course, always need to be made. But but as adults, I think those of us that do have children that is a good thing to do because they're not getting that in school. Why not give it at home and allow them the opportunity to express that and to explore.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure. And I think we're slowly shifting in that direction as society and, you know, letting people just explore themselves, express themselves, be emotional, that kind of stuff. And I find for myself, like even though I knew, like I'm going to be a writer, I'm a creative person, like I knew that really solidly from a young age. I had no idea I was going to end up as a book editor and and a coach, and you know, just life circumstances and you know the the opportunity to to have an online business and to be a writer really gave me that chance to to say like you know writers came up to me and, and started asking if I could do editing and things like that, and you know I I went through college and did. Um, I have an associate of arts degree in sociology but I started out planning to get one in creative writing and you know kind of kind of that way and you know I took a few courses with that and you know just kind of became self-taught with like editing and and you know I took a certification course for coaching and all that kind of stuff so it's just like I've had these opportunities and I'm so grateful for these opportunities and it's just so interesting how life is just like no you you had no idea what you were going to become and send you in that direction. And, you know, for myself, I've been through crazy health issues the the last few years. Luckily, I'm, I'm pretty much back to normal now. But it's just like, it's just so interesting how life kind of nudges you in different directions. And it's really just what opportunities are you going to say yes to and things like that.
0: So through your health challenges that you've had do you feel like that has dampened your spirit or soul for your passion and purpose or you said that it, it redirected are you do you feel that because of your health issues that maybe it, it has been a way to redirect you towards your passion and
1: purpose I think for the most part it it's just been I I want to like hold back my anger a little bit because sometimes it, you just think about it and it's just like, it really slowed me down with what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, you know, people have these, you know, thoughts that are like, Oh, you know, it's just a, a chance for you to slow down and, and stuff like that. And you know, those kind of comments are always come from a good place, but it's just like, no, that's life is just trying to screw me up right now. So it's, mm-hmm. it's it, it definitely gets frustrating. And, you know, I, I had to go through, I had Hodgkin's lymphoma last year. So I had to go through like chemo Mm -hmm. and and a little bit of radiation. And it's just like, I wanted to be that, you know, awesome person. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to like go supercharged with my business while I'm going through, you know, my treatments and everything. But then life is just like, no, your body is exhausted and you need to Mm -hmm. take care of yourself, which I guess is a good lesson where it comes back to everything that I've said of like, you know, yourself first. You need to focus on number one, and, and just really focus on that self care. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if there was a, a lesson I was supposed to learn through that process or anything. But you know, it it happens. I think sometimes there are just things happen in life. It's, it's random. It's, you know, you can't go asking yourself questions like, Oh, why me? Why did that happen to me kind of thing, even though I did ask those questions at first, but you know, mm-hmm. you never get those answers, right? So it's, it was it was definitely a, a challenging time, and I'm I'm glad I'm on the other end of it, and you know the light at the end of the tunnel type thing. But yeah, it's it's I guess one of the things you could learn is you know it it's about that adaptability and just trying to to grow from it and just figure out you know keep learning who you are and what you want to do. And I guess the fact that I've still kind of focused on on, you know building my business and being a coach and an editor and all that if if that stayed with me for this long I think that shows that this is you know what I'm meant to do and if I'm passionate mm-hmm. enough about it I'm I'm going to keep going so that's you know I don't know if what I said made sense it kind of just felt like a jumble as I thought about all that kind of stuff but you know it's just this is this is my journey and I just have to mm-hmm. kind of accept it and keep moving forward
0: well, I know that nobody in their journey expects to, to get a diagnosis like you did beforehand. I mean, had you not been feeling well or kind of what were your symptoms to let you know that, uh, you know, you're moving right along and now things aren't so good. What, what was it? What were the warning signs? What were the things that were happening?
1: Yeah, it, it was pretty crazy. Like, um, and on like a unrelated health thing, like I had an accident where I like dislocated my kneecap and then I had to, you know, was going through physical therapy with, with all that. And, you know, I just recently had surgery for it because of all this stuff. I couldn't get my surgery because of the treatments and everything. And um, yeah, you know, just, sorry, I totally blanked on what your question was. (laughs) What
0: what were your symptoms that you were having to let you know before your diagnosis?
1: Yeah. So I, I was mostly just, tired like it's you know you kind of have that feeling like you know you get tired and and stuff like that but there was just mm-hmm. something different about this where just like this should not be normal where you know I'm getting normal amounts of sleep you know I'm not like a super athletic person where I'm always like out and about and all that kind of stuff and then you know after I like dislocated my knee like I was you know taking things a little bit slower than normal anyways and so I just kind of wrote that off as like oh it's just because I'm you know not very mobile right now and I'm you know, just trying to to get back to normal. and once once I have my knee healed, then I'll feel better. And I was kind of like mm-hmm. making all these justifications to myself. Mm-hmm. But then the thing that pretty much saved me was like I had a lump on my neck, and that was just kind of growing slowly. And I was just like, hey, this is definitely not normal mm-hmm. as opposed to mm-hmm. the the tiredness. so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I finally you know was able to. To get that diagnosed and it was a long process to get it diagnosed but but luckily there was the signs that were like okay this is not Normal, so go get get this checked out. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and I think that that's a valuable lesson in itself. That um, because you knew yourself and your body so well, that uh, when things were not feeling right or looking right, you knew uh, this needs to get checked out. And I think that's a valuable lesson for everyone to get in tune with yourself. That your your body knows you, and it's uh, you know it's gonna it's gonna warn you in one way, shape, or another that you know things are not going as they should that it's time to to uh, find out about that so good job for recognizing that knowing yourself so well that uh, you saved your own life didn't you
1: yeah and you know I I wish I didn't have to go through all that of course and I would definitely wish that nobody would have to go through through stuff like that but it's just kind of like when we're in these situations it it's almost just like don't know the right words to say what I'm trying to say but it's just you know you just have to you just have to go through it you you don't really have a choice in that sense like Mm -hmm. you know obviously I could have chosen not to do it but like was that really an option type thing where it's just like I wanted to you know keep going keep going forward and that's Mm -hmm. you know true in all aspects of my life you know I want to make my business work I want to be healthy I want to be you know have all the have all these things that I want for my life so it's just I have to keep going so there's not really a choice there and so it's It's Mm -hmm. an interesting thing when you talk about that, because I I talk a lot about like, you know, what's in your control, you know, as as a writer, as a person, like finding those things and finding that balance of like, what can I actually do as opposed to what do I have to kind of just like accept and, and adapt to it type thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And
0: I think that's a valuable thing is uh, you talk about moving forward. And that's one of the reasons why I have you as a guest on my show, because that is about rediscovering your passion and purpose where you don't, you may have lost your original purpose or your original intention. And and because life is life, challenges and obstacles are going to happen. And uh, you did not let these challenges stop you. You, you knew I, I you know, I need to, I, there's things I, I need to do. I got places to go, people to meet, autographs, to sign, whatever you want to call it, but you did not let those things stop you. And sadly, I know there are many people that that's exactly what they have done. Um, when you got your diagnosis, if you don't mind me asking, how old were you? Uh,
1: 27, 27. Cause I'm Yeah. I'll be 29 this year, so it was it was very recent because it was just last year. So it's <laughs> it's funny sometimes. I'm like I don't even know how old I am, but yeah, I, my birthday's in December, so I was 27 when I got the diagnosis, and then turned 28 in December, and yeah, like it they and they the doctors said like oh this is a really common diagnosis for like pe- uh, women my age and and this kind of stuff. You know people have these comments that are they have the intention of making you feel better and stuff, or just like can you just not say these things just just let me (laughs) wallow in misery sometimes you know it's like people have the best of intentions of course but it's just like sometimes you just want to be angry and and you need to feel that anger too but it's it's about finding that you know at some point you do have to kind of shift out of that anger and find you know a way forward right so it's just kind of finding that balance again but yeah like it's definitely okay to just cry forever and just be angry
0: yes i mean and, and and we're human and that's going to happen and and ha- have the pity party, have, get angry. A, a friend of mine uh, who uh, had two, Tammy Reader, she was, uh, I think my second or third guest on the podcast in season number one, and uh, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and then 39 days later was diagnosed with rectal cancer. And as I have heard her express before, and I think she mentioned it during our podcast time together, is she allowed herself to have her pity party she allowed herself to be mad and angry and cry and but it's almost like she gave herself a time limit you know I can, I I can feel this way for three days or whatever it is. And then after that, it's like, you know, put your boots on and let's get moving forward. And, and that's what she, she has done in the last couple of years since her diagnosis. And I think that in, in a sense, that's what you're saying also. I mean, you're 27 years old. I mean, you're, you're really moving along with creating your, your life and getting on with, with all your future endeavors that you have set for yourself. And uh, then, then this type of diagnosis, like Wait a minute. this was not in the plan. And uh, so you have every right to be mad. And I think the important thing is is to allow yourself and give yourself permission to be mad, to be sad, to to have the pity part, to to cry. I mean, I learned in grief counseling after my dad passed away, tears are healing. I was never a crier. Uh, to me, and not that anybody taught me this, but to me, it was one of those things that I felt like I was a weaker person if I cried or I showed that type of emotion. And through grief counseling, I found out that te- tears are healing. And let me tell you, in the 13 years since my dad passed away, there has been a lot of healing going on in my life Uh, but I believe I'm a better person because it's kind of a like a a pressure cooker Uh, you know you you release that uh, pressure valve when you cry and things become clearer for you and it's a it's a way to start healing yourself from being mad or sad or having the pity party so good on you for
1: expressing your emotions Mm -hmm. yeah and for me too because I'm a writer I kind of naturally fell into, you know, writing about the experience. And, um, you know, I I entered a a personal essay contest, which fingers crossed, I find out pretty soon. But I think it's like the end of the year that they they announce the winners and stuff. But, uh, you know, being able to to openly write about that and to be okay with other people um, seeing it and stuff like that. And, you know, I've, I've always been pretty open, like, I'm okay to talk about it. And, it was important for me to talk about it, not just to like let people know what's going on, but just for myself to just mm-hmm. find, you know, find that acceptance of, you know, this is the current situation, but it's not gonna last forever and just being able to work through it. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, as we grow older, we, we we learn those things and we learn strategies and tools of, you know, working through something as opposed to just like ignoring it and stuffing it down. Because mm-hmm. you know, if I didn't talk about it at all, if I just pretended that everything was fine, and I was just in denial the whole time. And that would just ruin me regardless of, you know, what I was going through. So just being able to have those opportunities to to write about it, to talk about it and, you know, have like a community online and, and with my family and friends and stuff, just having that support is definitely an important part of the process. You know, whether you're you're sick or whether you're working on a business, you know, any part of your life, you you mm-hmm. want to have those people that are going to support you, right? right and by
0: you expressing that through your writing i'm sure that your family and friends appreciated the fact that that you were taking them along on your journey and in some respect it gave them the idea of how they could either help you or understand What you were going through, because I I know for a lot of us that we have had loved ones that uh, that have some kind of a diagnosis where we feel so helpless and I know for myself, I I, I, want to help people, I want to know what I can do, even if it's just sitting and listening. And that's the worst thing for those of us that have a loved one that is hurting like that is because we can't fix it. We can't, we don't know how to help that person. So, with you expressing uh, your journey, uh, I would think that that would be a great way for people to know you know what? Uh, you know, maybe I just bring her over an ice cream one day, or, you know, maybe I just just sit down with her. I don't say anything. And if she wants to talk, she can talk or whatever. So I think that that's important for everybody too, that if you can't express it verbally, writing it down and sharing that, that is an excellent way of, of allowing people to help you.
1: Mm. And, and that's one thing I wish I'd, I'd done more of is just asking for help. Because, you know, typically people are like, know let me know if you need anything I'm here for you like they offer support in those ways and kind of that open-ended you know request type thing where it's just like I wish more people had just kind of done and like you know um you know helped me with dishes or dinner or something like that more little things but at the same mm-hmm. time it's like if that's what I wanted I should have just asked for it and be like you know be specific and as you know people aren't mind readers and people exactly. are going to interpret everything so differently so it's just like if that's something I wanted, I should have just expressed it and be like, here, you point, point you out, you know, that that analogy where like if there's an emergency and you just kind of say call 911 or something, then mm-hmm. it's just kind of falls on deaf ears. Right. Whereas opposed if you like, you know, you in the red shirt type thing, then it kind of, you know, brings out something more powerful where people are like, oh, OK, this is what I need
0: to do. So do you feel or do you find now that you're on the other side of that part of the journey that you are more willing to ask for help uh, for, for, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything, you know, huge, but, but do you, do you find that you're, you, you're more able to ask for that, knowing that you, you needed to work on that?
1: I think it's definitely something that can still use some work. It's just going to be like this Mm -hmm. ongoing thing, but now it's just kind of like, it's in my awareness now where it's like you know mm-hmm. hopefully i never have to go through anything like that again but you know right. now with even just smaller things where it's just like i need help like if i can just practice mm-hmm. that communication and just being like you know this is what i need this is the support i need for my business or just for myself personally or my mental health and so that's something i've started talking about with writers more too of just like you know if this is something you need if this is something you want like you know you want to carve out extra time to, to write, you know, ask somebody to help you with your chores or whatever, because, you know, chores are something that's never going to end and, you know, right. they're always going to be there. So it, yes. it's it's just really finding what you want to prioritize and being able to to say like, you know, today's a writing day. So this is what's going to happen. And I think with, you know, stuff like chores and, you know, if you have like a day job on top of like writing or starting a business or something like that, you know, there's always going to be like, those excuses of like okay I have to focus on this first and but then there's no end to those things so it's just kind of like building mm-hmm. building your writing habit or whatever habit you want into your life is, is a lot more useful as opposed to like okay once once I'm done laundry, I'll do this. Once I'm done that, I'll do this. That kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, you, you've shared with us that you are a, a book editor and a coach. Could you please explain uh, your your the coaching side of your business? Uh, what what is it that you do, and how do you do it?
1: Yeah. So a lot of it revolves around mindset. So you know, confidence, motivation, and you know, I I've seen a lot of negativity on. On like Instagram and stuff like that, where people kind of have that, you know, dark offhanded type of humor where it's like, you know, I suck. I'm terrible. Those those kind of thoughts that that come up. And, you know, sometimes it's just out of like humor, just to like kind of process it and get through it. But it can kind of be toxic when it kind of shows up again and again on, on Instagram and people's posts and reels and and whatever you consume, whatever you enjoy, you know, with, with content. So it's, I, I really just want to just do away with all, all the negativity, right. You know, I know it's never going to be completely gone and, you know, you need that balance that's going to come in, in life. And, you know, so I just really want to be able to support writers and just help them do things and be the writer that they want to be, figure themselves out and just, you know, go forward on their life and just be able to, to achieve what they want to without all like that self doubt and the negativity and, you know and it's it's going to come up every once in a while but if you can you know learn strategies and learn a, a you know create a schedule that works for you that you know helps you you know speak better to yourself and you know just minimize the amount of times that you know you kind of have that downward spiral or you know just you know worse days than than usual if you can minimize that and just kind of you know mm-hmm. focus more on the positive and more on you know, the happiness and joy, then, then that can really, you know, improve your life in general and improve your creativity. Because I find, you know, with whatever you define yourself as, you know, you're a writer, you're a parent, you're, you know, musician, whatever, like, they're all kind of interconnected. And you can't have one without the other if that's part of who you are. So, you know, even mm-hmm. though I'm talking about, you know, motivation with with writing, and, and really getting your story down and publishing with confidence, like, that can kind of what you learn in that sense can relate to, you know, your relationships or, or other goals that you have in life. Right. So it's kind of mm-hmm. that all encompassing attitude that I, that I want to be able to, you know, share with people that they can, they can do anything and anything's possible. You just have to, you know, figure out, you know, find that clarity of who you are and, and really, you know, have that attitude of, you know, I keep moving forward. This is who I am. This is what I want. And just keep finding that more, positive cycle and move through the cycle of negativity faster.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, when you coach somebody, do you work with them on a weekly basis? Or is it whenever they feel they need somebody to work with? Uh, and is it specifically writers that you mainly coach?
1: Yeah, so it is mainly writers, uh, mainly self-published authors, because I find that self-published uh, can have a, a lot of negative connotations behind it. If you don't really understand it and if you haven't had experience with it so I I do like to to focus on like the self-published writers and so I have two offers of, of coaching right now so there's kind of like a a three-month program that would be like 10 calls I think I have it right now and it's the, the it's the writer's choice of like how often they want it because everybody's going to be different so I like having that flexibility and you know, mm-hmm. a lot of writers that I've met have, you know, kids. And so they kind of need to have a little bit more flexibility with the other things that they do in their life on top mm-hmm. of being a parent. Um, So with that program, it's it's pretty flexible of just like, you know, obviously, you don't want to have like, all 10 calls in in one week right after the uh, other. So there's kind of that, yes. you know, balance that you have to find. Of, um, right. There, there's flexibility, you know, like I said, life happens. So it's it's mm-hmm. good to be able to work around a schedule and and then I have uh, a 90 minute intensive which is just you know 90 minutes of finding that that clarity and bringing that awareness to who you are as a writer as a person and what you want and just feeling and hopefully coming away feeling more more confident and more happy with with what you want to do moving forward so it's I I really enjoy offering that support where people can you know feel like it's okay to be creative it's okay to you know now, I have the typical nine to five job if, if if you want to be a writer full time, that kind of thing.
0: Right. Okay, so as a book editor, what what is it that, that you do?
1: Yeah, so I like to offer the, the full process. So for me, there's the, the three types of editing. It starts with developmental. So that's kind of like the big picture of it. Um, I like to call it the heart of the story where it's, you know, plot pacing characters, those kind of overarching themes that come up. Um, and then there's copy and line editing which is a little bit more refined in like the technical stuff of like structure and uh, you know word choice and how you're presenting the story Um, and then proofreading is kind of self-explanatory where it's just like that double check um, before you publish it and one thing to note about proofreading is you know sometimes there's that pesky little typo that that Ends up getting published, and that's okay. As long as you've done the best to your ability, that's what's important.
0: <laughs> oh, that makes me feel better as I'm writing my book. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you, as a book editor, do you also help people, uh, t- uh help them through the publishing process, or it's just basically getting their book ready to be published?
1: it's mostly getting ready for the publishing process like i i do have some experience with um self publishing and and that side of things like with with amazon and um ingram spark and and all that so i can like offer some like tidbits and advice and i do have an uh, a coaching offer that's kind of more like mentorship where it's like another 90 minute call where we can just talk about you know, writing and editing and, you know, I can share my experiences and stuff like that. But uh mm-hmm. yeah, I, I find like, I'm not like, I don't consider myself a publisher or anything like that. So I right. don't have like a hundred percent experience. So I'm, right. I'm also just like, are you ready to publish this? Like, are you happy with, you know, being able to share this now? So that's where I, that's where I come in.
0: Very cool. So uh Kirsten, what would you say is the best piece of advice that anyone has ever given you?
1: Hmm. That is a good question. Um, it's cliche but just like be yourself right for yourself like that's you mm-hmm. know that's a, that's a huge thing that, that I talk about so it, it's just really important to me that people just create what they want to create live how they want to live and just be able to you know enjoy that process because like I said with creativity like if you're not going to enjoy it then then why are you doing it right so it's really just mm-hmm. you know understand what you want from this and and just go forward and just like Who cares what everybody else thinks? Yeah, it's nice if readers love it, and that's obviously one of the goals. But you know, if you don't like your book, then you know, don't publish it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How can you expect anybody else to like it or want to read it if you're not pleased with it yourself, right? (laughs) So, at at this point in your life, where what would you say? uh, What are you passionate about personally?
1: That's a good question too. I guess I would say just creating stuff, you know, I, I do want to write more of more of my own books soon. Um, I've been helping uh, a friend's mom write a memoir about uh, uh, escaping Hungary in the 1950s and coming to Canada. And so that's kind of the, the main thing that I've been working on right now, but just being able to write more of my books that really inspire people. And, and you know, I, I, Started this little side thing called Confident Creations by Kirsten when I was going through chemo, mm-hmm. and I make like little beaded keychains and and bookmarks and and things like that. So just I just I just want to have fun with my life, and I I wish money wasn't a thing where you didn't need you know money to. <laughs> to eat or to to live and to wear clothes and you know it's it's a dreamer's mindset but you know I, I just want to enjoy myself and be creative <laughs>
0: yeah yeah excellent so what would you say that your per, your purpose is
1: personally I'd say my purpose is to inspire people and to help them you know find their creative purpose. And, you know, and I find like it always comes back to like businessy stuff, but that just like, it's, it's so connected to who I am. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I just, I just want people to have fun and enjoy themselves and be creative in whatever that looks like for them. And just finding that unique journey. Right. Awesome. So what would you say is your superpower? Hmm. Um, I guess being a cheerleader for others and and being, Mm -hmm. being supportive. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty open book when it comes to, you know, anything that I'm going through with, you know, my health issues and what I'm doing with my business and stuff. So I'm, I'm very honest about, you know, who I am and what I want, you know, I'm, I don't need to do any gimmicks or something to, to be a business owner and whatever, you know, I'm just, I'm just me and I just want to help others and get rid of all the negativity and you know, maybe, maybe one day that'll happen, and there will be no more negativity in the world. But we'll see. There you go. <laughs>
0: we we can all hope for that. That is for sure. Exactly. And be, being a cheerleader is a great superpower. I we we need more cheerleaders. I that's what yeah. I think. Um. So, how are you living your best life, or as I like to say, living your best dash?
1: Hmm. I would say I am. I just keep moving forward, and I am. Every day I'm I'm tweaking, you know, things that I want to offer in my business and understanding myself. You know, there there are days where, you know, I don't follow my morning routine or I don't exercise when I need to and things like that and I'm just like, like you said, we're all human. We're just mm-hmm. we're just doing our thing and yeah.
0: <laughs> Very good. Are there any final thoughts or words of wisdom that you would like to share with our audience?
1: Um I guess I just want to say thank you to you for for having me on and just having the opportunity to talk about, you know, writing and creativity. And I feel like there's so many different topics you can explore. And yeah, I just want to thank um, your listeners. And, you know, if if you're, whether you're a writer or any type of creative, just, just don't let anything stop you from doing it. Just if you like it, just do it. And, you know, when you create anything, there doesn't necessarily have to be a purpose of, oh, somebody else needs to see it. It needs to be shared. If you just want to create something for yourself, go do that. As long as you mm-hmm. understand what your purpose is, then, you know, you'll be happy and, and you'll have fun.
0: I mean, those are perfect words of wisdom. And I think also that the thing that is very, very good at this, this time uh, in, in history with technology, your, your book that you write does not have to be a novel. It can be an ebook. It can be as simple as that. And I love how you said that you don't have to write. A book in order to be published. It can be just for your own pure enjoyment. So I I think those are valuable wisdom of words. So thank you so much for that, Kirsten. And thank you so much for being my guest today on our podcast. Uh, Your your enthusiasm, your spirit, your motivation, all of it uh, inspires me. And I know that it is inspiring many people out there listening that uh, through the face of your challenges, uh, primarily health issues, you have not let Them stop you. You do not let people yuck your wow. And in your part of the world, you are making it a better place to live. And by being on my podcast, you are also taking that global by helping other people make their part of the world a better place to live. So thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you. So um, before we sign off, I know there's going to be some people that are going to probably want to connect with you. How can they do that?
1: My main platform is Instagram. I spend the most time there. So you can find me at confident.kirsten and my website is worthywriters.ca. So you can find out about my offers. Um and I have a newsletter. I have a little shop with, you know, my creations that I was talking about earlier. And um I have journals as well, just some line journals with writing prompts. So you can find all that there and hopefully it's fun to explore. My my branding is all sunflowers, so my Uh, website's all green and yellow and bright and happy so hopefully makes you feel happy too excellent and
0: uh, for those of you that maybe didn't catch her link know that when you go to the description of today's episode uh, kirsten's links are going to be right there so as soon as you're done watching or listening to the podcast you can go to the description you'll find the links hit the link and you'll be able to uh, connect with kirsten Immediately and directly. And remember that if you'd like to connect with me, go to my website, www.pathwayswithpatty.org, and you'll be able to sign up and get uh, the free copy of my pathway to a new beginning roadmap. And if you want to sign up and have a little Zoom chat with me, I would love to talk with you as well, even if you would be interested in being a guest on the podcast. So until we meet again, continue to live your best dash and know that life's an adventure and I want you to enjoy the journey because your life matters. Thank you for joining us today and may God bless you all.